I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the instant reaction podcast. Every week we react to the Rams right after the game. And this week the Rams lose 26-10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. At the game was J.B. Scott, and I just want to know right away, J.B., what was it like um, there watching the Rams at, in Kansas City, and uh, how many Rams fans did you see out there? You know, saw more Rams fans than I were expecting, and uh, a lot of blue mixed in with the sea of red, especially along the visitor sideline. so good to see maybe some folks, you know, that stayed with the team despite them moving to Los Angeles from St. Louis, uh, keep on following them and shut up to Kansas City, and, you know, that's good to see, and it was extremely loud in Arrowhead, just like it always is. And just really tough situation for Bryce Perkins making his first start in the NFL as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, the degree of difficulty was extremely high there. Yeah, Bryce Perkins finishing 13 of 23 for 100 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He lost 24 yards on three sacks. But, you know, I think a good amount of those yards coming in the fourth quarter – the Rams really just struggling to move the football at all. And and uh, in the air, you know, on the ground, 28 carries for 116 yards. Cam Lurker, Cam Akers uh, looking okay again. Uh, Kyron Williams having a few nice plays. But overall, really just the Rams offense. You have to consider or ask yourself how bad is the Rams offense as the one that we saw today. You know, it's – it's hard to even call it an offense, right? Because that would presume that we're talking about a one cohesive unit uh, over 11 games made up of maybe 13 players or something like that. Um, and in reality for the Rams, it's like, well, we're talking about the offense they are right now, which is totally different than the offense they were in week one, which is totally different than the offense they were in the middle of the season, uh, week six, week seven, or something like that. Because it's just players dropping like flies and, you know, the Rams are so deep into the pockets now that you've got Bryce Perkins starting at quarterback. Daryl Henderson has been cut. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson um, are out for the season. That uh, Allen Robinson news coming from McVay after the game saying that Robinson will go on IR uh, and needs foot surgery. And this comes, what, a week uh, after Cooper Cup gets ankle surgery? Um, So it's just been quite a a whirlwind here, already playing without Matthew Stafford. And really the question and the debate is going to be whether or not Matthew Stafford should be allowed to return to the Rams in their current state. Their 11th starting offensive line combination in 11 games, JB. Um, My question to you is, you know, there's this going to be this debate. Do you play, you know, Matthew Stafford if he's healthy? And, you know, I think what that does for the Rams is 
it's not just about trying to win games, which I think is important, but I I think it's about giving your players the best opportunities to be able to perform. And there just is no forward passing offense with Bryce Perkins or John Wolford. Um, and maybe Matthew Stafford gives you that opportunity. Um, or, you know, what are we really doing here? Putting Matthew Stafford at risk, especially behind this offensive line um, and with these weapons and, and everything, the circumstances. So to shut down or not shut down, JB, that is the question uh, for you about Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, you want to do the best for your players, long-term health and, you know, he's going to be your quarterback based on that contract extension for the foreseeable future through the 2025 season, likely. But uh, if Matthew Stafford was playing in this game against the Chiefs, it easily would have been a you know seven or eight sack type game that we've seen, you know, this offensive line turn in uh, over the course of the season multiple times. So, you know, Bryce Perkins, he was under pressure constantly, but he was, his mobility was able to, you know, evade those pressures and keep those from turning into sacks, even though you know, he was sacked even three or four times, I believe. So that's still something to, to be mindful of. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can put him back there. And now you have no Cooper Cup. You have no Allen Robinson. Uh, Van Jefferson really didn't stand out in a big way, even though you would expect to be head and shoulders better than, you know, Lance McCutcheon and Tutu Atwell, who are also out there with them, Ben Skronik. But that just wasn't the case. And I thought, you know, one of those first drives, uh, you know, Bryce Perkins gets out of the pocket, tries to hit Van Jefferson. And he just made no attempt at getting that second foot down and dragged that toe inbounds. So uh, you just expect more out of a third-year receiver a former second round pick. And this is his opportunity as the, you know, the alpha male in the room to really assert himself at the top of this depth chart. And uh, he couldn't have, you know, been more underwhelming in my opinion today. You know, I think for me, JV, it's, it's just another example here though. You know, you compare the Rams of 2021 to the Rams of 2022 and you look around at some other teams um, in the NFL. And I think it just really emphasizes just how much this is still, a passing league, you know, if you want to be able to keep up uh, with other offenses, if you need to be able to score a certain amount of points, it's just like you can't really build a defense that can stop Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and whatever, et cetera, et cetera, any sort of deep passing attack. And, you know, the Rams last season uh, at the right time in the year were able to complete those deep bombs and, uh, you know, and, or at least, you know, uh, dice and slice teams through the air throughout the game you know that's what you have to do in today's league and you look around at some of the offenses uh that should be really strong and running the football um but those teams are not necessarily doing so well you could look at the chicago bears who i believe lead the league in rushing but like you know are, are three and nine i think at this point um and you know they're a good rushing team so you know for the rams it's like kind of seeing that way they have 116 rushing yards today but 82 net passing yards um and they score 10 points you know it's just like in some cases you hold uh kansas city to 26 points you're thinking hey we got a shot in this uh because that's about the lowest you can go against patrick mahomes um so you know, what do you think that the Rams need to do, you know, maybe after the season uh, to get back to throwing the ball well? Yeah, and, you know, the offense really put the defense in some bad situations. So, you know, they played a role in, in getting that number 26 too, right? With Bryce Perkins having those two interceptions on back with his back uh, in his own territory towards the end of the game. So 
Uh, so it was a good performance for the defense, especially in the red zone, even though you would have liked to see maybe come up with more t- uh, takeaways and turnovers. But, uh, you know, this offense, there's just so many issues, and it's so the issues are so widespread that, you know, you got to get this offensive line back to where they can pass protect because you have no hope of pushing the ball down the field uh, in its current state. But I thought AGR Curry played pretty well. Maybe he that opening drive, he struggled and gave up a sack against Frank Clark, I believe. But, you know, he really settled in, and he's a big physically imposing left tackle. So I thought he was really good, and you're going to find out who you're going to keep on this offensive line moving forward. Coleman Shelton, I think, is another keeper. So maybe, you know, he's your future starting center, and you can save some money getting rid of someone like Brian Allen potentially. But, you know, these are things the Rams have to ask themselves, what are we – who's worth keeping on this offensive line in order to improve this pass protection? And then, you know, Allen Robinson had 33 catches, I believe, for, you know, 300 and something yards – and that was your big free agent signing at wide receiver. So uh, that level of production just isn't sustainable. It's not going to be a you know, big driver uh, in future games. So, you know, Van Jefferson doesn't seem like that guy either. So you really need to find a compliment to Cooper Cup. you got to find another t- number two option. And, you know, Tyler Higby has been that at this point, this at some points this year, but that's not really ideal. And that's not something you want. You know, he should be more of a complimentary role type player and, uh, yeah, maybe you found out. Maybe you found out your two starting running backs in Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. That's a silver lining, but you know, pretty much anywhere else, you just need to add explosiveness, need to add speed, and need to add playmakers. And I'm sure some people will say you need to add, you know, maybe a new coach or something like that. You know, just to be able to compare this season against all the others. It wasn't like, you know, I, I just wonder how closely if we compare the 2019 Rams with Jared Goff to the 2022 Rams for those first, you know, nine games or whatever with Matthew Stafford as the quarterback and, and just wondering, we know that the offensive line didn't perform well in 2019, but that was a nine and seven team. This is this is arguably this, this the worst or second worst team in the NFL. If we're just comparing rosters right now to the Houston Texans and everybody else in the league, you know, only the Texans may be worse. And the Texans scored 15 points today. So, you know, this is this is a really low point for the Rams that, you know, I, I think we're not here if not for uh, those injuries and stuff like that. But the injury, but the Rams were not a good offense prior to this. So to consider whether or not Liam Cohen will take the uh, blame for this or not is, is, is yet to be seen, but you know, I don't, I don't see Sean McVay. We've never seen Sean McVay um, have to take uh really uh blame or accountability for anything of this level. You know, it's always been, you're doing good. You're doing great. Oh, why didn't you win that Super Bowl? You know, that was the biggest criticism maybe at that point was why didn't you win a Super Bowl? Um, so, so JB, like, yeah, how do you expect Sean McVay to respond to, you know, what is on the verge of being a guaranteed losing season already? Uh, how do you expect him to respond and how do you want him to respond? Well, I think just knowing the Rams and Sean McVay and Les Snead, they're going to be aggressive and in making incremental changes and, if they, you know, they got to contend right now because they still have Aaron Donald and, you know, Matthew Stafford and, you know, Sean McVay has a pretty tight window too. He might only be doing this for a couple more seasons as a head coach of the Rams. So you got to make these incremental improvements. You got to be aggressive in finding these short-term solutions and patching this all back together. But uh, you got to find some players in the secondary because I, I, we had some messages back and forth during the game, right? Where are the Rams really putting the best 11 out on the field on both sides of the football? And you're giving Michael Hoyt some run at edge rusher and he really looks apart but why is David Long Jr. still out on the field instead of you know Darion Kendrick and Kobe Durant whenever he consistently is the one giving up plays week in and week out so uh, I think it's time to be honest 
with who the best players on your team are, who has a future on this roster, and who's going. And then if they're not going to be on the roster moving forward, they're not a part of the next dynasty, the next championship type team. Then it's time to put them on the sideline and not give them any run because those snaps and that experience is just so valuable moving forward. So uh, I think Sean McVay is absolutely the right guy to do it. This offense had no chance of being successful this year just with the lack of production from Robinson and the offensive line fell apart even from the first game. So, and it's only gotten worse from there, but uh, the degree of difficulty was so high for this team and it was somewhat of their own creation, somewhat just a product of, you know, mother nature and the injuries running its course. So uh, a fresh start would do this team a lot of good in 2023. JB, speaking of a fresh start, a lot of fans would say uh, if, uh, if a team, was coming to the Rams offering a, a late first round pick for Jalen Ramsey next year that they should take that deal uh, without thinking twice, or, you know, maybe I'm even being generous with a first round pick, you know, just because, you know, he's not a cheap player and he's not uh, as young as he was when the Rams traded for him. So um, what are your thoughts there? Uh, because it's certainly, it's going to come up and there are, you know, people are going to have thoughts about players, uh, who are on the other end of of touchdowns, which which Jalen Ramsey has been today and, and in the recent past. So thoughts there. To be fair, there's a lot of players that are on the other end of Travis Kelsey touchdowns. And, you know, that's just two of the best going at it. And, you know, he does the same thing to Derwin James whenever they have those AFC West division battles against the Chargers too. So uh, Kelsey is really good at making a lot of guys look silly. But in my opinion, Ramsey's still one of the very best of his positions. He's, you know, very unique a uniquely talented player where there's only so many guys that can do the same things he does. And, you know, but it does cross in mind that what if this is a Tyreek Hill situation? You know, we're just talking about the chiefs and they traded him to Miami this off season with the hope that hey, we're going to turn, you know, our, one of our best players into three quality starters. We're going to get like the Trent McDuffie's and the George Karloffices of the world. And, you know, these mid round picks and we're going to replace Tyreek Hill with, you know, more adequate level receivers you know, good starters, solid starters instead of this one-star player. And, you know, what? The, how would the Rams secondary look if they did that with, you know, Jalen Ramsey and they replaced him with two to three average corners and got a first-round pick out of him instead of, you know, putting – sometimes they just ask too much of the guy. And whenever he's playing in the slot and asked to, you know, be an impact player, like whatever happened just covering your guy and just being one of 11 doing your job. So it seems like they're trying to make him do the job of two to three people, make splash, splash plays and – Sometimes that's working in his detriment, and I think it's time to revisit the plan moving forward, if not, you know, replacing him with someone else. It's so uh, interesting to think about, you know, the Rams in the context of what they did last season with what's happening right now in the moment and, you know, never thinking uh, that the Chiefs game, you know, when we were looking at the schedule before the year would be sort of this afterthought, can we just get it over with, uh, you know, game uh, where the Rams don't have much to play for and they didn't have much to really give on Sunday uh, against a team, to be fair, very good. You know, uh, being at the game, JB, did you have did you have any different thoughts or, or see anything maybe that changed your perspective on the Rams at all? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, you know, Bryce Perkins came in relief of Matthew Stafford mid-game last week, right? And they're such different quarterbacks, so you really had to change your offense in order to take advantage of Perkins' skill set. And I don't really feel like the Rams did that against the Chiefs today. I really was excited to see a lot more creativity. Uh, what were the jet sweeps and the wide receiver runs? What were like option-type plays where you could take advantage, maybe open up some things in the traditional running game by using the mobility of Perkins? And uh, you didn't get really the downfield passing attack going until the second half. You had three net passing yards after the first two quarters. So uh, I would have just liked to see some creativity. And, you know, your team went playing in a lost season. Why not, you know, go for broke and just throw the kitchen sink and trying to stop this Chiefs team and shock the world? And that's not really what we saw. It was overly conservative. Uh, those by third and long runs, you don't like to see those. And um, I know there was a fake punt and such, but I would have liked to see more creativity in how you leverage the mobility of your quarterback just because that's a new thing for Sean McVay. And let's see what he could have drawn up. And I was a little disappointed. You know, uh, you know, feeling disappointed is is to be um, expected in the Rams right now, JB. But I'm curious also, like looking at the Rams right now, it's it's not the position that they've been in since 2016. The last year of Jeff Fisher, the year before Sean McVay, that's the last time the Rams were bad and they were pretty bad then and they're pretty bad now. Um, and. The only difference being that a lot of these players and a lot of these coaches, you know, just won the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's this new perspective now of the team. They have no shot really at the playoffs. They have no real uh, they don't have their first round pick next year. So not the benefit of getting a top five selection if things get that bad, um, which that's kind of how they feel, given the injuries on offense and and just sort of some of the disappointing play on defense by players that we expected to step up. But uh, what do you do? You feel excited at all to maybe see the Rams in a position that we haven't seen them in for a while? To wonder and to allow yourself to think and and consider, you know, how do the Rams bounce back from this? And you know, how, what's it like for Sean McVay? Can he prove himself as a guy who can uh, once again, I guess, from 2016 to 2017, can he do it again and and, and turn this team from a bad team to a good team uh, year over year? So do you feel at all? Excited excited about uh the position the rams are in at least yeah i think i've accepted that they're just bad this year and there's you just gotta look forward to next year and who's going to be a part of that success moving forward so uh, i thought aj akuri at left tackle and uh, that's valuable snaps that he's getting as a rookie seventh round pick and you know he looked the part he's so he's so big and physically imposing that uh that's going to play dividends in the future i hope and you know, Michael Hoyt, who was an interior defensive lineman when he came to the NFL, been with the Rams several years now. He's leapfrogged Terrell Lewis on the depth chart. And that's a really interesting nugget to see after they just cut Justin Hollins this week. So uh, and, uh, the Rams are used to giving these draft picks red shirt years. Now's the time to turn that red shirt year into playing time, give them those opportunities. And, you know, there's no excuse in 2023 if Tutu Atwell is still not ready to play or Lance McCutcheon's not ready to play. 
get them this opportunity to get seasoned, become NFL veterans, and so they can hit their ground running in 2023 when you need them, and it's all hands on deck. So absolutely, Sean McVay is the right person for the job. Uh, I hope he, you know, comes back at this with the with fresh eyes and you know re he more hungry look outlook for 2023 because maybe he lost a little bit of his edge uh, after winning the Super Bowl and getting married and everything. So maybe a, a little humbling experience could really revamp his energy and his presence in 2023. I'm looking uh, at some of these players on defense. You know, there's going to be talk, you know, if we think that the Rams may just keep the Raheem Morris and the coaching staff intact for the most part, um, then just looking at the, the, the plan that they plan to implement on defense, which again, though, you know, JB, there was this, you know, decision by McVay basically to part ways with Wade Phillips after three years. And we saw where it got them uh, with Brandon Staley and then, you know, managing to sort of implement a lot of those changes into the next year with Raheem Morris and winning the Super Bowl. Um, do you think maybe it's time to shake it up again? Well, I think we, talk about this pretty often almost every week right that I'm not sure this defensive scheme is running the way it's attended to at the beginning of the year because you're missing these boundary cornerbacks and you know the loss of Darius Williams the Rams willingly let him sign with Jacksonville but there's almost no chance that they were going to retain him it almost always seemed heading into free agency that he was going to leave elsewhere so uh, maybe you expected David Long Jr. to step up and he hasn't or you're relying on Darion Kendrick a sixth round pick to you know fill in but you know, I, I think you're not playing this, the coverage schemes that you want to play because you're kind of accounting for these other players who aren't living up to their potential. And that's really what's causing issues. And you're seeing your coverage bust on the back end because of it. Now that's more of a recent development the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, I, this defensive scheme works. Every team in the NFL runs it. Raheem Morris has his own wrinkles where, you know, these simulated pressures and the blitzes that can really get after quarterbacks and cause problems, especially on third down. I think he does a very good job at you know managing that and blitzing at the right times, finding his spots. But uh, every team in the NFL runs this defense. Maybe that makes it less effective for you overall. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a reason to change plans right now. Okay, well, there were uh, there will be some changes next year, just as you mentioned with Darius Williams this year. Um, so let's go quickly over some of the players on defense that were out there today and ask whether or not you think they should be back next season. And it's funny because at one point, you know, they mentioned Ernest Jones for a bad reason, a penalty, and I couldn't help but think, man, I haven't heard that name in so long. And, like, the last time that I heard it, it was because of a penalty. So I am kind of curious, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, Bobby Wagner's influence on Ernest Jones and, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to focus on somebody who isn't necessarily the problem, but at the same time, I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, Ernest Jones and his development and, and being back next season. Yeah, I'm sure for Ernest Jones personally, having Bobby Wagner in that room as a mentor and just helping him, you know, break down film and learn the roles of being a, and leader of a defense and a middle linebacker is good for him. But, you know, now that this is a lost season, you're trying to get guys playing time, maybe it's something his growth a little bit. And, you know, Wagner made some mistakes in coverage today, but who doesn't against the Chiefs, right? It's a, it's a very high degree of difficulty. But, uh, you know, I thought Ernest Jones maybe played better in coverage from than Wagner just in my eyes. But, um, yeah, it's to maybe time to give the young guys some run. But that's a hard thing to do whenever you're talking about your defensive captain and play caller. Ernest Jones with 11 tackles today, Bobby Wagner with six tackles. 
uh, today. Bobby Wagner, obviously, he signed a five-year contract in the offseason, but contractually, he could be let go after one season and, and maybe have some savings there. Uh, do you think that Bobby Wagner should come back? Yeah, I mean, he's been good. Is he the best middle linebacker in football? Probably not, but I think he's still a plus-level player, and maybe he gives you more of a mental boost than a physical boost right now. But he is a liability in coverage, and that's something that's really carrying over from his days with the Seahawks. So uh, that was a problem back then, and it's continued to be a problem here in Los Angeles. Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott, you know, Taylor Rapp had 12 tackles today. Nick Scott had six. Um, both are free agents next year. Do you think the Rams would uh, bring back either of those players? Yeah, I think Rapp would be better off maybe finding a team that he's a better systematic fit, better schematic fit with them where he can be a box-type safety. Uh, Nick Scott wouldn't mind seeing back. He really laid the wood against Isaiah Pacheco uh, several times this afternoon, so I think that's good to see. And I wouldn't mind having him back. I assume it's going to be a fairly cheap contract as a former seventh-round pick, but does have multiple seasons as a starter, a starting-level player, and maybe that drives up the price tag. But if the price is right, keep him. Troy Hill, um, you know, this is his return season to the Rams. Do you think that you've seen enough that you'd, you'd want to see another season there? But, you you know, you mentioned this earlier as well. Uh, the inside outside versatility of Troy Hill, I think, is definitely worth keeping. Uh, he's probably towards the end of his career. You might only have a year or two left of him, but definitely think he's worth holding on to. He's one of the more veteran uh, heady players in the secondary. You know, one of the other stories today, did you notice uh, Michael Hoyt out there? Well, you did say that, but uh, uh, yeah, with Michael Hoyt and Jonah Williams, two of those guys that they kept on the roster last year as undrafted free agents, um, thoughts there on, you know, what the outside linebackers positions should look like next season, including Leonard Floyd. You know, it's not a lot of savings to release Leonard Floyd, but I wonder, do you think they're getting enough value there? No, absolutely not. Based on the dollar value, you're paying Leonard Floyd, right? And, you know, how concerning is it that Trill Lewis is barely on the field? Boyd played edge pretty much the entire game, and he's really transformed his body as a former interior defensive lineman, became a special teams staple, and now is getting reps at edge rusher ahead of Terrell Lewis, and obviously Justin Hollins, who's now on the the Green Bay Packers, but uh, – yeah, Leonard Floyd hasn't lived up to his billing. Uh, it's going to be hard if you decide to move on from him. But you have two voids at Ed Dresser that you have to fill. Because he, Hoyt, he might, he's a role player at best, right? He's not going to be a, your starter in 2023. Or if he is, that's going to be a big problem. So Ed Dressers are not cheap to find. They're the most you know, expensive free agents. If you trade for one, it's going to take a lot of draft picks. And you almost have to have a first or second round in order to get a quality starter as a rookie or second-year player. So... Um, it's going to be hard to do with the Rams with their limited cap space and their limited draft capital. But, um, yeah, having two holes, it's not a good problem to have. There was also uh, Greg Gaines is a free agent next year. Um, high expectations going into the year. Maybe he could have one of these big years uh, and coming out of the, the end of last season, you know, thinking maybe he could have a, a really big year next to Aaron Donald. Hasn't been the case. You know, do you think that – how much of that do you think is on Greg Gaines? Not much. I mean, it's really rare for an interior defensive lineman like Aaron Donald to record the pressure and sack numbers that he does, but it's even harder for a nose tackle to do that. So if that's where you're expecting that level of production out of Greg Gaines, it was never going to happen. And he's a really unique type player, though, the way he moves for his size. He's definitely worth holding on to, but you also maybe have Sean Robinson. I'm not too aware what his contract status is, but 
it's probably going to be one or the other type deal. And they're both very good run defenders. Maybe Gaines gives you a little more juice as a pass rusher. And finally, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Aaron Donald? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk, of course, again, about Aaron Donald and retirement or, you know, just Aaron Donald and parting ways with the Rams. Uh, do you foresee that as a possibility? Should the Rams uh, do everything in their power to not lose Aaron Donald? I mean, if, if the Rams do lose him, I hope it's retirement. I absolutely don't want to see him in any other uniform than the the Royal and Soul and the Horns, of course. So uh, he made so many plays at the start of the game. I think that the first five plays he was all in, uh, you know, disrupting the backfield, disrupting the, the rhythm and timing of the passing offense that led to incompletion. So he's still the same level of player, but whenever you don't have the complementary pieces around him to also be disruptive, allows the offenses to focus too much on him and he's getting double and triple teamed consistently. And that really mitigates his, his efficiency and his production. So um, hopefully he's back, but yeah, it's tough questions. And, you know, you're going to have with the retirement questions about Donald McVay and Stafford probably for the foreseeable future. And as I guess it's going to be a product of having good seasons and winning a lot of games. And it's going to be a product of whenever you have bad seasons like this too, is it worth, you know, going through all the, the pain and the struggle just to not see the fruits of your struggles as well. It's really um, just unbelievable that the Rams are struggling uh, to this degree, losing 26-10. But then I did think, you know, for a lot of this game, uh, JB, one crazy play this way or the other, and it's a close game. You know, it was relatively close for, for for a long time. It just felt like, well, I know how Patrick Mahomes could necessarily, you know, get into the end zone or find a way to move the ball. I don't know how exactly the Rams plan to do that. Or so, you know, that's the only reason it didn't feel super close. But yeah, it was it was those opportunities were even there in the second half, and it just didn't uh, quite break right. Um, but overall, you know, do you think that the Rams gave a you know? What is the word that people use? Uh, you know, uh, was there any moral victories today? I mean, I guess if you would have got a little more production out of the offense, but three net passing yards in the first half, that Bryce Perkins had the opportunity to earn the backup job again for Matthew Stafford moving forward. And I think my takeaway is neither he or Wolford are the solution moving forward. And I don't really want to see Wolford. I think Perkins is spot out better than Wolford. I don't want to see Wolford even active on game day. If Stafford returns this season, uh, he's not, I mean, I might as well see Case Cookus at this point who the Rams have on the practice squad. Uh, just because when Wolford played against the Cardinals, he was so erratic and he just was not an NFL thrower of the football. Perkins really isn't either, but he's such a special type runner that, you know, he can open passing lanes up with his legs and, you know, do things in a unique way to him. So, uh, I guess your moral victory is that Bryce Perkins could have earned the backup job and give him Sean McVay confidence that, hey, if Matthew Stafford misses a game in 2023, we can go to him no problem. But that wasn't what happened, and the Rams are going to have to make an investment in a backup quarterback. But uh, the defense absolutely played up to the standard today. If they would have got any production on offense other than you know the touchdown uh, in the first or the second half, I guess the third quarter, things would have been a lot different. But that's not what happened. Finally, JB, uh, the Rams host the Seahawks next week. The Seahawks losing to the Raiders today. 
And the Seahawks fall to six and five. The 49ers move into first place in the NFC West at seven and four. And, you know, if the Rams beat the Seahawks next week, which they usually have done that with Sean McVay. So if the Rams do beat the Seahawks at a time when, you know, the Seahawks, they gave up a lot of rushing yards. They they may have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Um, and they, they lost to a Raiders team that's horrible. So, you know, certainly the Rams can't count this out. And, and if they beat the Seahawks, you know, the Seahawks fall to six and six. Um, and, you know, the Rams get their fourth win of the season. There's no real talk here of, of playoffs or anything. But, you know, a, a win next week could really kind of go, well, maybe things aren't moving so badly in the directions that we we are concerned about here, uh, relatively speaking. So knowing that the Seahawks have such a bad run defense, do you feel like this may be an opportunity here uh, to give Bryce Perkins another shot, give Matthew Stafford another week off, and just try to run the ball down their throats? Potentially, but I, I don't think you saw the creativity that's required to uh, really make the most of Perkins if you're going to run him back for another full game. I, I, like where you saw quarterback draws were the options and like the design there were some design rollouts but I don't I don't really know I didn't really see the plan for moving forward I'd rather see you know an adequate NFL thrower of the football and Stafford getting rest with Tutu Atwell getting rest with Lance McCutcheon and you know getting those guys ready because if they absolutely if they really deserve to be on this roster and they can be contributing members of this 2023 team now's the time to get them ready for that point you know, kind of treat it like an extended OTA or training camp type such scenario um, and, you know, get these guys essentially practice reps with a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of advantages there, as as we said earlier, um, but hey, you got a, you got a home game against the Seahawks, just, uh, you know, do some stuff good on offense because uh, Seattle's defense is pretty bad. And uh, that would be as encouraging as anything else right now uh, would just to be see some life from this offense again. Um, and, you know, more moral victories, I guess, moving forward. Uh, that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times the Instant Reaction podcast as the Rams fall to three and eight losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, a lot of teams do that. But next week, Seattle Seahawks and more podcasts here to come. So hit subscribe on Turf Show Times, the podcast. Find us on Spotify and other podcast apps, I suppose. That's it for this episode of Turf Show Times. Come back next time. Hey.